this road trip for Arizona has some very big consequences for where the program is going and what we're going to see for the entire season. Let's get started here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Arizona goes up to the Oregon Trail this weekend. And I think we're going to find out a lot about this Arizona team from a lot of different perspectives. First, Arizona is one of the top 10 teams in the country. That needs to be said because you get a lot of people that are, you know, saying that, oh, well, you know, Arizona, um, they're struggling. Every team out there is struggling. At some point, there is not one team out there that is not flawed. You can look at Kansas, who is very, very good. They barely beat Oklahoma at home. They're not tall. They don't have a lot of depth. I'm sure their fans are worried about certain avenues. Look at UConn. UConn lost to Providence last week by uh, double digits. Everybody has their flaws. Heck, even UCLA, who we're going to get to a little bit later, they lost to, or almost lost to Washington State. They lost or won by one point. So everybody's got some issues, but let's talk about Arizona right now. First thing that we, uh, I think we can fairly say is that Arizona plays to its level of competition. Um, you can look at Tennessee, which is one of the top 10 teams in the country. You can look at Indiana. You can look at San Diego State, which, by the way, Arizona fans, that's turning out to be a good win Um Sometimes, you know, we're prisoners of the moment. Creighton, Arizona stepped up big time against all those teams. But that's kind of a double-edged sword because Arizona also got worked at home against Washington State and, quite frankly, probably should have lost to Washington at home as well. So there definitely is a level of playing to the competition that I think is, well, to put it mildly, less than ideal for uh, Arizona fans. Now, What does this mean for Oregon and Oregon State? First of all, Oregon State tonight, Arizona should thump Oregon State. Um, There really is no other way to put it. Oregon State is not good. It's one of the worst teams in the conference. Unfortunately, I had to watch almost all of their game against Colorado because good buddy Matt Muehlbach was on there, and I like to support Matt and see what uh, fun little nuggets Matt had. But watching Oregon State made my eyes bleed. They're terrible. This is not a game that should be close. This is a game that should be over. This is a game that should be over before uh, before it begins, to be honest with you. Um, they're just not very good. But the interesting thing, though, is getting to Oregon, though. Oregon, the, Oregon is interesting because going into the year, there were three teams in the Pac-12 that I think on paper really mattered, and that was UCLA, Arizona, and Oregon. And everybody else was kind of an also-ran. Well, UCLA and Arizona are both in the top 10 right now. Meanwhile, Oregon is struggling. Um, But as many times this happens with Dana Altman teams, and it's kind of become a recurring joke around here, that they struggle, they're terrible out of conference, and then generally sometime in January they pick it up. And you kind of wonder if last week was a microcosm for Oregon as to where they're going to be. 
They get absolutely annihilated by Colorado. But then, after getting annihilated by Colorado, they come back and they beat an undefeated at-home Utah team uh, by, and we're up pretty much 10 points the entire game. Now, Oregon has gotten healthy as well. Um, we already know Will Richardson and Folly Dante are two of the 10 best players in the conference, something like that. They'll both be on the first team all conference team. They're both locks to be on the first team all conference team. And we're going to go, we're going to come back to uh, Infali Dante here in a minute. But uh, Arizona, though, has some interesting matchups here. Will Richardson's better than Kirk Creesa. But on the wing, you need some guys to start stepping up. And I think that's what's been frustrating for a lot of Arizona fans is that these guys haven't been stepping up. You need Pella Larson to be able to get you 12, 13, 14 points and an efficient 12 to 13 points and make the open three. That's something that I think a lot of Arizona fans are still scratching their head at as to why Pella Larson is not, why Pella Larson is not shooting better, to be honest with you. Um, because that, that really surprised me. Um, and I think that surprised a lot of people because this is a guy that was shooting 45% from three at Utah. So that doesn't make a ton of t sense. Courtney Ramey as well. Courtney Ramey has to start playing better. Again, as Doug Gottlieb always says, there's no pros in the transfer portal. And that point is very, very well taken. But even if that, even with that being said, you need to start seeing a little bit more out of Ramey because he's showed in Maui that he can be a pretty good player. He showed that he can be a 16 point per game guy, but he's really gone back. And as Tommy Lloyd said the other day, he's not playing with a lot of force. He's got to start playing with force. And by that force in the issue a little bit, pardon the pun in that, you know, get to the basket, take the open three when you got it, take it with confidence as well and get up and guard. I think a lot of people thought that you were going to find a little bit better defender. You haven't really seen that from Ramey as well. So um, those two guys really got to step up here because Oregon is now healthy. And again, I don't want to make Oregon out like there's some juggernaut, but for a good percentage of the season, they were missing uh, Jermaine Quisnard. They were missing, uh, they were missing Keyshawn Bartholomew. They were missing Nate Biddle. They've got these guys back now. And while it might take a little bit of time, knock on wood, it always happens that teams get fully healthy against Arizona, it seems. Um, but Oregon is going to be hungry and Oregon's going to be motivated. What does help Arizona in this entire spot, though, is that Arizona State is now, at least this year, is now a decent traveling partner in that they can soften teams up a little bit. And by softening teams up a little bit, I mean that when they play Arizona State's playing Oregon tonight, Arizona State um, needs to be able to take Oregon down to the wire or heck, maybe even beat Oregon. I'm certainly rooting for Oregon against Arizona State, but you get the gist. With uh, Arizona State, or excuse me, with uh, Arizona State, how many times have people talked about how that was going to be basically a tune-up game for Arizona because Arizona State isn't good? This year, Arizona State is good, so there's no there's no real excuses right there. I'll put it to you like that. Um, but this Oregon game is big, though, for Arizona because if you beat Oregon on the road, it's a good win. Then you come home and you got the L.A. schools. Um, but there again, there are some question marks that have arisen about Arizona, and that's how do you deal with length down low, which Oregon has, and how do you deal with some athleticism? Well, 
Oregon is getting more athletic right now. So this is going to be a real primer, a real test Saturday to see where Arizona's at. Now, then you've got the L.A. schools coming in. Uh, so this next two weeks is going to be very, very big for Arizona because – You've got to be able to you got to be able to beat the Oregon schools, but then you got the LA schools coming to town, USC and UCLA. UCLA is playing some of its best ball of the season, and again, it's a top ten team. You look at Jaime Hawkes, you look at Jalen Clark, you look at Tiger Campbell, you look at uh, uh, Bona, you look at David Singleton. I can keep going. It's a pretty good team. It's not a tall team, but it's a very good team, though, and. They're going to be able to cause some problems for Arizona. But one thing that Arizona has done, and we talked about this earlier in the show, is that they have risen to the occasion when they've needed to rise to the occasion. And that's something that, you know, talented teams can do. It's not something you love. Actually, it's something that you're very annoyed by if you're Arizona because you wish that you didn't have to be in in this position. But... It is what it is. This is the world of college basketball right now. Plus, USC um, is going to be a tournament team. You got Drew Peterson. You've got uh, Boogie Ellis. You got the seven-foot big man coming back, Big Vince. So you're going to have some opportunities for some wins right here. And one thing about Arizona is that they've got good wins because they took care of everything out of conference. Like I said, you beat Tennessee. You beat Indiana. You beat um, – uh, beat. Uh, uh, excuse me, um, Creighton, San Diego State. So you got some good wins. If you can get UCLA, you can get USC, you can get Oregon. That gets you right back on the right footing. We got to preface all this by saying that Arizona is one of the you know one of the top ten teams in the country. Now, let's just say though that you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I'd like to bet on this game. All right, that's where you go. You go to Bet Online, find all the latest odds, news, scores, you name it. Bet online has it. Um, from I get a lot of people that, that say, you know, I'd like to bet, but the uh, the sportsbook apps they're confusing. Don't really know what to do. Bet online is not that. Bet online is very easy, even for the technologically uh, deficient. I have many members of my family who are technologically deficient, but they understand bet online. Go on there again for all the latest odds, news, scores. You name it, and bet on Arizona against uh, Oregon State. Or if you think I'm an idiot, bet against Arizona. But either way, check it out on the Bet Online Sports Book. All right, we're going to be right back with you. Now, we're going to pivot over to a little bit of Arizona football because there's been some big news. There's been a couple commitments on guys that could be real game changers for the Wildcats this coming season. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. How many times have Arizona fans talked about how, um, you know, going into next year with Arizona football, well, there's always next year, but you don't really mean it because you're like, eh, it's Arizona football. There's not going to be anything new. Jed Fish has changed that trajectory. Jed Fish has made it a much more uh, ideal spot for people to come. And he said that last year. He said, listen, man. I'm going to bring in the best player. Nobody's going to out-recruit us. We're going to get the players that we need. And last year was a very, very much of a telltale sign of that. You need, he wanted to revamp the entire offense. So what did you do? You brought in Jacob Cowing. You brought in uh, T-Mac. You brought in uh, uh, Jaden DeLora. You brought in uh, Jonas Savanea, Wendell Moe on the offensive line. 
a whole whole and and it showed the results showed for themselves on uh, on offense for the cats um now defensively though arizona was a train wreck and i think it's jet fish has talked about how he needs to be able to you know get that defense up to par with uh, you know the improvement in the offense so you lose some players to the transfer portal you lose jackson turner you lose christian roland wallace to usc but you got a kid. You got a commitment from a kid that I can tell you that the coaching staff is very, very high on, and he's he could be one of the more underrated kids in the entire class, a junior college kid as well. Charles Yates Jr. out of Pierce Junior College. Now you might say Pierce Junior College, where's that? Well, let me tell you, I've actually been to a Pierce Junior College game as I have a friend on the team. Pierce Junior College is. Outside of about three or four players, maybe the worst junior college in all of col- or uh, junior college football. Generally, their games are forty-nine to seven, sixty-three to twenty-one, something like that. They're all they're the games are all blowouts. Um, but there are a few good players there. The quarterback Peyton Pelletier is very good, and they've got a two-way player who just committed to the U of A, Charles Nat or uh, uh, Charles Yates Jr. All right. Here's the interesting thing about Yates. Yates plays both ways, but when you watch him, you can tell that he's fast, he's athletic, he's dynamic, and he has a real nose for the ball. And when Arizona first found out about Yates, they're looking around and they're like, and I know that they were doing some background research because generally you don't get kids of Yates caliber at the University of, or not University, at Pierce community college that generally isn't where you find players but every now and then some guys do uh, uh, slip through the cracks and it's on this coaching staff to be able to find that and keep in mind there's a pretty good record with this coaching staff on finding these players in that last year you got some guys in a deuce davis who was an underrated pass rusher looks to have some real big time potential Takario davis another Davis, pushed his way into uh, the starting lineup at points or at least in the uh, base rotation then you got some other players as well jacob manu who was a freshman all-american two-star kid Jonas Savanea, another freshman all-american three-star kid so the coaching staff has certainly shown that they know what they're doing when it comes to evaluation. And I think that Charles Yates Jr. has a very good chance of getting real time because look at that defensive back position right now. You got uh, Christian Roland Wallace is gone, longtime starter. So you got Ephesians Prysock, you got Takario Davis, you got Traden Stoops. But with uh, Yates, there's a potential at that cornerback spot right there because those guys are all young that I mentioned. Or there's potential at that safety position as well because Isaiah Taylor is going to start. Uh, Jason Taylor's kid really showed a lot of people what he could do this past year. He's going to start. Gunnar Maldonado played much better at the end of the year. He's probably going to start. But after that, there's some openings. So uh, Charles Yates Jr. is going to have some options on at the safety spot or at the corner spot. And it's just going to be up to the U of A coaching staff to put him in that right position. Okay. You watch, look at Charles Yates Jr. And you're thinking to yourself, man, that's a pretty, uh, it's pretty well put together kid. Well, he's a well put together kid. And I can tell you that I'm pretty sure that he uh, has consumed a few built bars in his life. Built bar is the elixir for so many people's workout problems. How many times do you go to the gym and you're like, all right, well, that was a great workout, but man, now I got to eat some pasty chocolate or something that just isn't very good. Built Bar is totally different. 
Built Bar tastes like a candy bar. I like candy. You all, everybody likes candy. So Built Bar, you can get it at GNC. It's a great deal. Um, again, I've consumed many Built Bars in my life. Take that for what it's worth. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's uh, it's good stuff. And again, uh, support the product. Helps out the Locked On group as well. Check it out. Built Bar. All right. Now, we're going to come back with you and we're going to talk a little bit of Arizona women's basketball because Adia Barnes had really has really silenced some critics here. Come right back with us. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, Arizona women's basketball has had two very tough losses this year in which they were essentially blown out. Can The Kansas game was over before it started. Anybody that watched uh, that game <laughs> knows how tough that game was to watch. Stanford was much the same way. Arizona was in the game for the first quarter and then pretty much couldn't score after that. So there were some questions about, what what are you what are you going to do next week? Because you have the Oregon schools coming into town. Oregon State kind of a fringe tournament team, but then the main course was Oregon, which is a top twenty five, top twenty power, and has been a national power for a while now. The Oregon State game starts out uh, terrible for Arizona, but Arizona goes on a massive uh, scoring run at the end of the game to end up beating Oregon State, which was a very impressive win, by the way. But then. The real game was, all right, now you got Oregon right here. What can you do against another top 20 team? Because keep in mind, it's not like Arizona has been terrible against top 20 teams. They beat uh, uh, Baylor earlier in the season. And the Cats went out there and played one of their best games of the season. And it was spearheaded by a combination of a youth movement and younger players in there. We've talked all year about uh, Helena Pueo how good she has been. She's kind of that jack of all trades. And Esmeri Martinez, um, transfer that is Arizona's best player, uh, you know, gets you about 13 points, 12 or 12 rebounds, uh, about eight rebounds, gets you a couple steals, a couple blocks. She's been fantastic. But then you also have other players in there as well that have really started to pick it up from a Kaylin Gilbert, Maddie Connors getting some shots in uh, now and then. You got Maya Naji, who I think with a year, you know, strength conditioning, weight training is going to be real problems next year. Um, you know, you've so you've got younger players. Lauren Fields, obviously, is a defensive terror. So what Adia Barnes has been able to do is she's been able to uh, mold the young and the new. And I think what will be fun to watch as this season comes to an end and as they get ready for the NCAA tournament is where all these players fit in because um, – the one thing about Arizona is they do struggle to score. I don't, you know, I'm not really breaking any news right there. They they struggle to score, but there really shouldn't be a reason that they should struggle to score because they have enough talent. Last year's team just really wasn't capable of scoring a lot of points. And you know what? That kind of came back to bite them at times. Um, and that's why they were limited. This year's team's got a lot more of a per, lot more personnel that can score in double figures that have scored in double figures. Just, you know, you look at the transfers from, like I said, Martinez to Fields to Jade Lavelle, who, you know, averaged 17 a game at ASU last year. They have the potential to be able to do that. It's just the ability to be able to put it all together. But I'm still very bullish on this team. And I do believe that come March, this is going to be a top 10 team and a three or a four seed that absolutely nobody's going to want to play. All right. We hopped around uh, everywhere right now. We did college basketball. We did some Arizona football. And we talked some Arizona women's basketball as well. 
We'll be back with you tomorrow, breaking down hopefully what was a destruction of Arizona at Oregon State tonight. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.